Hey everyone, uh, Asher here. I'm back with Joe and Colby to talk about what we've been working on the last couple weeks. So, um, should Joe? I should I jump in? Yeah, go for it. So my name is Colby. Uh, you heard me last time in the roundtable, and also I was uh, Yob, but we'll get into that in a minute. Yeah. Um, so we've been doing some playtesting for the module, and it's been three sessions now we've done about five hours for each one um, yeah that yeah sounds about right. and uh we're gonna do some additional play testing with some new players uh but overall i'm really happy with how it's turning out uh it definitely needs balancing in numbers that's the hardest part is like i think the math of the money the purchases that you're gonna have to be making and that, that should be laid out in a table that is going to be figured out by play testing specifically but all the character options seem to be meshing really well, and I think the especially the last session went super fun. I don't um, know how do you feel about it, Joe? Yeah, no, the last session I think I said was uh, actually one of my favorite D and D sessions of all time, which hurt me to my core. Of course, I'm <laughs> sorry, Asher. Yeah, sure. That's fine. Um, That's fine. But uh, like like Colby said, such a good DM. Apparently, <laughs> apparently you're just amazing DM. Um, like Colby said, some math needs to be uh, worked on, but it's been a lot of fun so far. Yeah. I, I think perhaps uh, the options could be cultivated a little bit more consciously um, because uh, a thing in design, especially in game design, is like choice overload mm -hmm. where you are given so many different paths in an open world setting where that you don't know or the players don't know exactly what is the best option or which direction they should be moving in. As we move forward, as I do some more tweaking, I think this... I I'm really proud of what we are building here in the module, at least. Um, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the module's no. amazing. It's uh, it was a, uh, it was definitely um, a fun session, and I think it's a positive development. Mm -hmm. Okay, so so yeah, we've been working on the playtesting for the past week. Um, we also did a bunch of um, lore discussions and map making. If you guys want to touch base on that, Joe, you're up first. Um, well, I've been working on making maps for each island, uh, sort of giving every name a place. Uh, you mean every place a name? Every every place a name. <laughs> well, they all have names currently. Yeah. Um, it's just a matter of developing out exactly what the geography looks like. Yeah. Uh, during yeah. my design process, I, I come up with the places first, and then I just plop them down on the map. That's fair. Um, but uh, then we also did the travel log last week. Well, before we move on to the travel log, I want to say, uh, as we're talking about maps, one of the things I'm doing in the next two weeks is going to be building out a full painted map of Sky Sea, and you'll be able to get a sense of like what each island's like vibe is. It's going to be more representational than like geographically. Like, you you're not going to need to know exactly what the coastlines are going to look like, so much as like what each island brings to the table and what their relationship is um, near each other because that is going to develop the, the politics of Sky Sea and the way that trade works because the, the things that develop nations the most in my opinion is who they are located next to mm -hmm. and like what resources they have right. and um, that I'm, I'm really excited for that it's, it's going to be a endeavor for sure it's going to be a big painted piece it's gonna yeah. be beautiful though yeah so maybe it will be a uh, a one person stretch goal some, <laughs> somewhere down the line you can buy 
a painted map of Sky Sea. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you guys should look for that um, within the next few weeks. We'll be posting it to the Facebook page once he's done. There's, but we wanted to get into the travel log, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, I wrote for 15 hours. <laughs> it was uh, it was an endeavor, but I it, it definitely can use some work. As as we're gonna do more travel logs, we're gonna get into. Um, exactly the flow and um, be more comfortable with acting with each other and uh, working with final draft instead of out of a Google document is going to definitely improve. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, the editing and audio quality is definitely going to be worked on as well. Um, so if it's a, if it's a bit rough at first, um, bear with us. We're, we're poor college students. <laughs> I, so we're trying to make it work. So. I would say stick with it until minute 18. And if you do not like the Marcellus interview and the uh, advertisement break after <laughs> portion, I don't, I don't think the that particular podcast is ever going to be for you. But it is, it's so funny. Yeah. The the, po- the interview break. No, yeah, that was hilarious. Uh, let's toot our own horn. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we're so talented. We are. There's, there is. Some, I'm all I'm saying is there's something there in that podcast that we are going to mine and extract and like. F- chisel into like the yeah. statue of david so, so i mean yeah and i i think colby's right the 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 first few minutes can start off slow for someone uh just getting into it but bear with it it's it's well worth it yeah. um, um and we're going to be releasing more of those in the coming weeks uh i believe we're going to sanctuary next um mm-hmm. possibly sometime next weekend uh depending on how how we work this out so, um, the, the, today's roundtable discussion is going to be talking about one of the most important parts of this world, which is devas and the islands that they inhabit. Um, so just to give you guys a background, uh, the islands, uh, Sky Sea is made up of a bunch of different islands that are floating through space that revolve around the center core of a planet. So imagine if the Earth was just sort of exploded outwards, but still sort of whole, just sort of separated. And um, this event, which shattered the world, is obviously called the Shattering. And it it resulted from a conflict between the Devas and their creator, Mother, um, who had had enough of them constantly fighting and decided to try to destroy the world. And the Devas prevented it. Uh, and Mother's sort of like the god of gods. In a yeah. Sense. Is that inaccurate? No, no. Um, the original, this may change, but the original uh, idea I had for Mother was that she is just some sort of cosmic entity, kind of like kind of like uh, an eldritch horror sort of thing. Um, think Cthulhu or something like that. That just sort of created the world as like her shell, her, kind of like a hermit crab. And the Deva are her children, that she sort of created to tend to her shell. And when the Deva started creating problems for her, her home and shell, she's like, well, you know, time to move on. And uh, so when the world blew up, um, the Devas themselves decided to hold like the, the leftovers, the remains in place. So one of my favorite parts about this is that uh, the islands exist not like on a two-dimensional plane. They're in a 3D, 3D space and if you can imagine like a world um that wraps you know around like a like a sphere does um the islands are points on that sphere that even though there's not space or there's not land in between those islands 
the travel is very much defined by the fact that you know it's it's a 3d globe uh, and there's the, the core in the center of the earth that or not so much of an earth but uh, yeah the core in the center of this world that is just like a storm right yeah mm-hmm. 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 mother resides there um but my favorite part about all these islands is that each of them has basically their own civilization at this point. Um, they interact with each other, but uh, because each deva governs their respective island, um, they sort of mainly do their own thing. Yeah, there's definitely interaction between the two. But yeah, yeah, the, the many factions of. of but deva. but yeah, um, so each deva is relegated to their own island, and we're going to touch base on that in a minute. Um, but basically, the way that people get around is by using sky ships or these flying different flying animals. Like sky whales or um, sky manta rays, that kind of stuff, um, travel between the islands. And we'll we'll talk about sky ships and the animals of the sky sea in another podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but getting back to devas, so devas are physical gods on Earth. Um, some of them are very very large. Some of them are about human sized or goblin sized. It just kind of depends on which god you're talking about. Um, there are, uh, I think, 20 different gods, all that have their own different spheres of influence, um, as we had mentioned in our last podcast. Um, and because, you know, Davids are gods, they have full control over their island uh, with different sort of effects. Do you want to touch base yeah, on that? Uh, yeah. So some of my favorite are, uh, like, Nod, which is the island uh, of... Um, you're gonna have to refresh my memory on Ar- Ardle and Bartle. Ardle and Bartle, who are the twin gods of insanity. <laughs> I forget their name all the time because they take many. But it's form. so mnemonic. They though. take so many forms and therefore use other names sometimes. So true. Um, but they're they're the twin gods of insanity, and their island reflects their nature. In that, uh, it's kind of like Wonderland, where like up is down and down is up and walking through the world or through their island things change based on the logic of that particular area rather than or the not logic of that particular area <laughs> um and navigating not is a, a whole like challenge in itself we um, honestly we could do an entire campaign setting focus just on nod i want to do it too. <laughs> it sounds so much fun it's uh nod is a very interesting place um uh well uh i'll talk about sanctuary i guess um so sanctuary is a relatively new island that was created by uh, a relatively new deva called veritas and as his name implies it's a place where the truth is paramount truth and justice are paramount and as a result everybody who's on who lives on sanctuary is unable to tell a lie um, so that has some interesting dystopian impl- uh, implications for that island. Um, Joe, you want to talk about Bakhtor? Yeah, sure. Um, Bakhtor is uh, sort of ruled over by uh, Abaddon, um, and he really likes to focus on what makes people tick. He's the uh, Dave of he experimental, loves to experiment on people. Yeah. He's the Dave of Pestilence. Um, and the interesting thing about that place uh, is if you're there, you can't die. But you wouldn't want to live um, there. You probably wouldn't want to live there because every second would be eternal agony as he does different experiments on your body. 
he likes to infect people with different diseases and yeah it's yeah. not a fun Bactor's sort of personal goal is to like create the ultimate plague that just never goes away exactly so those are just the some of the three most crazy out there sort of um uh, islands that we have there are others but if if you can imagine like how each of those islands would have their own sort of like adventure mm-hmm. on them um, exactly there you can there's like a whole sort of like i hesitate to mention our competitor <laughs> but uh curse of strad sort of feel to a um to be fair i mean that's wizards of the coast sure yeah <laughs> uh there's a Curse of Strahd feel to like uh, an adventure set in Bakhtor, whereas like one set in Sanctuary is instead like intensely political, and you have to be careful careful about every single word you choose. Um, I would actually say that uh, Bakhtor, a campaign in Bakhtor would be kind of more like Out of the Abyss or something. Well, or a fusion of the two. Or yeah, a fusion <laughs> of the two. What's great about the world is um, usually what the stuff that the islands do is usually what is relegated to like planes of existence. But it imagine if the planes of existence were just all around you. Mm-hmm. They were just there. You could just travel to them. You didn't have to have special magic or find a gateway. Yeah. You can sail to those places. And they're all <laughs> physical places. So. Exactly. Yeah. It's more like a, a like a middle fantasy version of like Planescape. You're not doing sci-fi stuff. You're doing fantasy stuff, but you can still travel to all these different like settings that have all these different rules right um, so uh let's talk a little bit about how the davis came about so we mentioned mother before so mother was this like like i said cosmic entity created the earth as a way to sort of um shield herself from the outside world outside cosmosphere i guess um and she created the devas which at the time were metaphysical beings um to sort of tend to her uh to her shell. The devas, either out of laziness or a need to be worshipped, created sentient races and convinced them to worship them. Boredom, perhaps? Probably. (laughs) That's why what usually happens in mythology, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, so people begin to worship devas, even though that they're they're not physical beings at this point. Um, And conflict arises between people who worship different devas, as is wont to happen with people. Eventually... Uh, during a time called the Age of Woe, which we'll get to in another podcast. That's a whole podcast. That's a whole podcast. Mm-hmm. The Age of Woe was a big period of time. Um, but towards the end of that era, um, there was a former vizier of the caliphate called Enoch, who, through his alliance with a forgotten deva called Namira, who is the god of plots and mysteries, uh, that kind of stuff, they started a war against everybody else called the War of Revelations. And through that war, Namira became the first deva to figure out how to physically manifest herself on the world. And after that war was over, the technique for doing that was sort of disseminated around the world for all devas. And so all devas began to physically manifest. And this, of course, created more renewed conflict between the devas to the point where it was almost full-on apocalypse mode it was a world-ending conflict and mother finally got sick of the constant fighting on her shell and decided well it's time to move on it's time to find a new home so she enacted her failsafe which would destroy the planet at the last second all the devas stopped their fighting and 
prevented the islands from drifting too far apart. The world was still mostly destroyed, but the islands were still intact. And through their magic, they managed to keep life afloat and put Mother in stasis. So Mother is kind of like a greater scope villain for Sky Sea. Um, though I wouldn't say her motivations are evil. Mm-hmm. It's more like... It, 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 like like um again the you can't, Cthulhu, fault, you can't fault an animal for being an yeah it, it, and also I would make the comparison to like Cthulhu or um any of the elder gods in H.P. Lovecraft because uncomprehensible uncomprehensible yeah. motivations yeah. exactly yeah. to us it may seem evil because her motivations directly go against our continued existence but that doesn't mean that we can comprehend what she's thinking at all i think it could also be viewed as like if anyone's been a parent before or has like a younger sibling let's kill let's kill them they're fighting all the time (laughs) but you know there's those times where you're like in the car and they're they're fighting in the back seats i will turn this car around mister so help me i will blow up the entire (laughs) place you know (laughs) you gotta have that ultimatum and she actually was crazy Crazy enough to go that far and yeah, do it. Some parents are like that. Yeah. Um, but it also gives the the devas like a central purpose. Even if they're all devas of different aspects, they have one thing in common, which is they keep the planets or not the planets. They keep the islands in the sky. They might as well be planets, but they're uh, it's a little bit smaller than that. Yeah. Uh, but they keep the, those islands floating, and uh, everything that wasn't controlled by a deva either directly or indirectly either fell into the core or was blasted off into yeah. somewhere else yeah so but uh after all after the shattering um all the devas sort of made a truce and decided well you know this is probably for the best we can just sort of go off to our own islands rule our own people and be all right with that and that's what they did and so that's kind of where we are now is uh these devas ruling over their different islands uh, with their own cultures and stuff like that. Um, so the shattering, just to give you guys an idea of time, the shattering happened about 500 years prior to when we start this setting. Um, obviously, if DMs want to go back to mm-hmm. like before the shattering, they could do that. But we're going to be focusing on times fi- pr- uh, after the shattering, like 500 years after the shattering. And things have sort of formed their own homeostasis at this point, um, where the politics and the relationships between the different islands are um, basically not in conflict or they're in a conflict that is like understand like it, it is understandable to the people it's been a, a long enough period of time that like if they're fighting that's the way it's been for at least a hundred yeah years. I mean there like, is there is still conflict um, but most Davis at this point I think would probably eschew like open combat Mm-hmm. Um, um, unless for other reasons, because it's like the Cold War, the mutually assured destruction exactly. thing. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean that conflict does not happen, because it definitely does. Yeah. But yeah, uh, am I missing anything? Is there anything else we want to talk about with Davis? I think we covered the yeah. broad strokes. Oh, appearance. Um, oh, so the dif- yeah, so Davis have different appearances. Some look more human, some look more alien. The two big daddy ones that you want to know about, because they're responsible for a lot of conflict, uh, Shamron, who we introduced in the travelogue, she is called the Queen of Serpents. So think of like a person with a human torso and a snake lower body. And her direct rival is uh, a Bird Dad. 
Yes, true. Uh, Ahura Mazda, who is... Uh, His official name is now Bird Dad. He's Bird I'm changing, Dad. I'm yeah. changing it. I'm changing the lore. You can't stop. The me. reason why Colby's calling him Bird Dad is because, in case you haven't... He's kind of a bird, bird person. He, um, bird person. Bird person. I am bird person. <laughs> no Rick and Morty references okay. here. Um, but uh, he's like kind of like a Horus figure. Though, currently, he's, he's having a hard time. He, um... um and should we mention how he is fucking gigantic? Oh yeah, so <laughs> he's so big. So he uh, rules over. Well, his domain is over the shapers in Iran, which is in direct conflict with Fakar worship. Shamaran. You might have lives. gotten a sense from that if you listened to. Yeah, if you yeah. listened to the yeah, last wonderful travel. Everyone in Fakar isn't really a fan of shapers. No, and for good reason. But. Uh, the shit basically Ahuramazda's current predicament came about because the shapers be when they first came about were very proud and wanted thought that Ahuramazda was the greatest deva and wanted to make him sort of the head of the celestial court and so they created uh, a device called the well of ascension and through their hubris instead of making Ahuramazda more powerful it only managed to manifest his shadow aspect Araman. If you and those who know their um, Zoroastrianism will know that will this will sound familiar. But uh, Ahura Mazda um, was imprisoned by Araman, and he is the size of a gigantic continent. Um, and he chained him to the continent. And so Ahura Mazda is basically geographic features on the landscape. Like he's got a beak that is like a. A mountain. A mountain, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But um, cities were built on top of him. Yeah, and shapers blame Ahura Mazda for what happened, and they hate him and are constantly draining his blood for, um, uh, you know, uh, all the stuff that they need. In fact, one of the pla- one of the last places that a shaper goes to to complete their train is in the heart chamber, which is in Ahura Mazda's heart. But we'll talk about that when we talk about shapers. But that's just a sort of like a... Um, a little teaser about what the different gods are. Obviously, different gods have different appearances. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are the two main ones, I would say. All right. Anything else? I think we should move yeah. on to Kickstarter. Yeah, so um, that was uh, that was just a brief overview of the devas. Um, if people are interested in knowing more about the devas, you can get the book. Uh, so we'll go to... Uh, We'll talk about the Kickstarter. So we're planning on kicking off the Kickstarter from June 29th. It'll go till like about July 28th. Yeah. Uh, one thing I wanted to just correct from last time was um, we used like slightly confusing language uh, about like what exactly the book is and how it um, is structured. So it is a supplement book for fifth edition, which includes a module, which is the Seed of Shamaran storyline that. Um, is currently being playtested uh, along with a lot of the um, additional character options for new classes and new subclasses which uh, are all very entertaining I think we're having a good time with them and uh, the bulk of the book however is going to be the adventure setting itself and you're going to get um, a couple page description for each island um, how to play uh, NPCs from that island get a sense of the politics and a uh, the history and the lore and all the other goodness in the book. Yeah, and we'll also, like we mentioned last time, we're going to be releasing additional character options, like the Shaper, like the Guru, and some of the subclasses. 
Um, the Dervish, yeah. Uh, if you listen to the travelogue, um, is is one of the classes. That so was, fighter sub, sub yeah. It's a fighter subclass fighter that will sub be um, in the book. So um, uh, so yeah, we'll talk more about stretch goals uh, probably next roundtable discussion. Mm-hmm. But uh, one we of have the, a few ideas. That yeah, we're the, uh, uh, one of the ideas I can mention here is the fact that. So I, I think we mentioned this before, but we're only going to be releasing detailed information about four islands. We're going to do brief overviews of about the other one. Page or two. Yeah, each island will have for a page. Each, yeah. But uh, the four islands will have longer descriptions and maps and stuff like that. Um, just because there's so many islands, we don't have enough pages to do that. Um, so one of our stretch goals will be to add more detail to more islands and stuff I mean, like that. I think we'd love to do a chapter on each island if it's possible. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's the dream. Yeah, that's that's the dream. dream. But um, we'll see if we get that. That would be a tome. It would mm-hmm. be a giant tome. <laughs> yeah, what we might end up doing if if like we meet all of our stretch goals is it might be uh, a few books. Mm-hmm. Did um, I did I jokingly say uh, earlier when I was talking about my painted map that that could be a stretch goal? Because I'm legitimately serious about it. If someone wants to pay a thousand dollars for original <laughs> artwork, <laughs> how about they get a one, really nice glossy print a, of it? Well, we could do prints of it too. Yeah, the print, cool. the print yeah, really that's, what that's what I'm but saying. That's what I'm saying. The original. You want to paint it? Oh, you want to? You want Colby paint. original? Yeah. Yeah, that could be a stretch goal, yeah, like yeah. A, a painted Colby original it's signed by. Signed by, signed by, awesome. by me, the most <laughs> important person you've ever heard. <laughs> I mean, we could all sign it if we yeah, wanted that's to. True, yeah. yeah, we could sign in the back or something. Um. All right. So that's um. That's just uh what we've been working on and what we're gonna be doing. Uh, stay tuned next weekend for more travelogue with Yob, and then the week after that, uh, we're gonna be doing another one of these roundtables, uh, talking about the Shaper. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, it's been mentioned, I think, once in the travelogue and then once today but uh just so you're aware the next uh travelogue is going to be sanctuary which we have talked about briefly in this podcast yeah and um the next uh round table is going to be us talking about the shapers mm-hmm. yes diving, diving in deep and figuring out exactly what they can do um how they're bonding to the gins work and um yeah that kind of stuff yeah the, their history so yeah, um, thanks for joining with us, guys. Um, a bit of a shorter oh, podcast. I have one more thing to say. <laughs> oh boy, oh, wow. um, I need to make a formal apology to my good buddy Asher. Okay. Uh, last time I gave him shit for saying uh, "see you in Sky Sea" when I <laughs> when I put him on the spot, and I, I've been thinking about it. It's not that bad of an end, and I wanted I want to let you know. I think that could be our sign off. Hey, it beats my (laughs) last time when you put me on the spot, so I'm okay with that. So I guess we found our taglines. So uh, until next time, I'm Asher. I'm Colby. And I'm Joseph. And we will see you in Sky Sea.